Hey everyone, this is Sarah. Most of you know me from the Hide and Seek podcast discussion group on Facebook. Do you enjoy the Hide and Seek podcast? Would you like to show your support? Head over to Apple iTunes, leave us a five-star review, and follow us so you never miss an episode. You can interact with us as well as share your thoughts, ideas, and theories on this season's episodes by joining the Hide and Seek Podcast Discussion Group. Find us by searching Hide and Seek Podcast Discussion Group on Facebook. The following podcast may contain strong language and is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Sweet dreams are made of this. 24-Hour News Day's Brady Gillum went to Sturgis tonight to speak with the missing woman's mother about what may have happened to her daughter. I can tell you where she most likely is. I hadn't seen anybody that I felt comfortable saying anything to until today. The stories they tell are pretty They're pretty freaking gruesome. I kept all the text messages, Facebook messages, the messages between me and Brittany, I have all of them. I have everything. I told him, I said, I'll kill all them motherfuckers. And I was going to have my people fucking take care of it. I'll just say Brittany's name out of nowhere just to see what somebody says. Because this little town around here would be hard to hide something like that. Because eventually everything comes out. To me, some days I don't believe anything happened to her. I think she just left. This is Hide and Seek, Season 3. I'm your host, James Basinger. Hey guys. In last week's episode, you heard from Ashley, Thor, Bowman, and Sheldon. The episode was much longer than normal. And I understand it was a lot of information to process. As one member of the discussion group mentioned, you're all getting a front row seat to what the past year has been like. Now, before we dive back into Sheldon's interview, I'd like to take a moment to clean up some of the loose ends. Let's start with midnight on November 30th, 2018. We know Brittany is at Sheldon's and stays the night. She makes a post on Facebook at 12.56 a.m., This post was dedicated to Owen, the young man Brittany dated in high school and moved to Kentucky with. Owen passed away while Brittany was living with him and his family. Brittany's father, Greg, mentions this in my interview with him in episode two. Between the hours of 12.56 a.m. and 1.52 p.m. on November 30th, Brittany makes several short posts on Facebook, including a couple about her children and a tag to a friend. She goes on to like and comment on several posts from different authors, including one from Sheldon at 5.05 a.m. Brittany's final activity on Facebook is a selfie. She posts with the caption, Dun dun dun, she's alive. Laugh my fucking ass off. Heart emoji. Morning. Brittany's laying down and appears to be wearing one of Sheldon's sweaters. She looks happy. She's staring back at the camera. She's given that look that Greg refers to as that shit-eating grin. I'm going to pause here. Based on the testimony we heard from Bowman in the last episode, he and his cousin arrived at Sheldon's, and Brittany is present. At some point later in the afternoon, 
Bowman and his cousin leave Sheldon's, and Brittany is still there. Around 3 p.m., Brittany leaves Sheldon's to head to Grandma's to do their laundry. The time is now around 5 p.m. Sheldon contacts Bowman to ask about possibly getting a ride later on, since Brittany has been gone longer than he expected. Bowman agrees. Between 7 and 8 p.m., Sheldon contacts Bowman again, this time confirming that he will need a ride since Brittany hasn't returned. The two go out and search for Brittany and Sheldon's Mercury Milan, while Thor stays behind with Sheldon's daughter. The two begin their search at places Sheldon knows Brittany would visit for drugs. They end their search driving by Grandma's. Bowman also points out that throughout the duration of the time they spent looking for Brittany, his truck overheats and they had to keep pulling over. The two return to Sheldon's, and on Bowman's drive home, he realizes Sheldon's phone is still in his truck when he hears it ringing. And to Bowman's surprise, it's law enforcement. They're attempting to get a hold of Sheldon. They're like, Sheldon Ashbrook? And I'm like, nope. Bowman flips to Yui and returns to Sheldon's. And when he arrives, strangely, Sturgis police are already there and preparing to leave. Sheldon and his daughter, Thor and Bowman, are all present and accounted for as Sturgis police leave. Now, a few points we still need to clarify with Sheldon. Bowman said they went to places he knew Brittany would buy drugs from. So, who were Brittany's drug dealers? How was Sheldon first notified of the accident? When did Sheldon get his car out of impound? There's something else I want to know that's been really bothering me. Days after the accident, when he still hasn't heard from Brittany, why doesn't he report this to law enforcement or Brittany's family? Before we begin, I understand there's a lot of information and details thrown at you over the past couple of episodes. The focus of today's episode will be finishing up Sheldon's interview. We're going to jump back into my conversation with him and pick up where we left off. No, she's not messaging you. You were trying to text her, trying to figure out where she was at? Yeah, I was trying to text her and call her. There was one time where she had called me. It wasn't but maybe 20 minutes after she had left to ask why the fuck didn't I have any gas in the car. <laughs> what time do you think you start to like wonder when are, you know she's not back yet and you message her what time do you think that was at Sheldon um I'm not really quite sure what time though it was dark out it could have been around six or seven she doesn't respond when do you take the next step to do to I eventually called up Eric to uh come grab me out and go see if she was out at her grandmother's Okay, so you called Eric. Do you know what time you called him to come get you? I don't know. No, it was, it was around that time when I was like, where the fuck she at? If you think back on it, when you texted her, it wasn't much time. It wasn't like an hour or two later that I went to go look for her. Like, as soon as I texted her and she didn't respond, it wasn't long after that that I took off. Um, well, she, I was probably texting her quite a, a couple times. So if I had started around 6 o'clock or so, I said it was probably around 8 o'clock when Eric had taken me. Okay, so 8 o'clock, Eric picks you up. Where do you guys go? We ran through Village Manor to see if my car was over at Ashley's. And then from there, we went out to her grandma's and then came back and then swung through Village Manor again to see again and then went back to my home. 
from your place, you went out to where Ashley lives, correct? Yeah. And you don't see the car there? No. Okay. Do you, do you see anybody else's cars there? No, I didn't even know what anybody was driving except for I knew Ashley had a black SUV, but I didn't, uh, I don't. I don't, I don't really remember even looking for her car. I wasn't really worried about hers. I was worried about mine. Then go from Ashley's to Grandma's? Yeah. When you're at Grandma's, do you pull in? Do you just drive by? Uh, we, I pulled, actually, we, he pulled in the driveway, we backed out, and then pulled back, and okay. just turned around and left. And then from there, you went to where? Uh, swung back through Village Manor again, I do believe, and then went back home. So, question I have for you is, you have Grandma's house, which makes logical sense, because that's where she has her stuff, that's her family, and that's her stay. And then you have Ashley's. What made you think between those two to go to? Uh, well, I went to Ashley's because uh, that's who she was hanging out with to get high with, and uh, Grandma's because that's where she told me she's going. One question down, three to go. Now we know the list of dealers they drove by stands at one. They only made a point to go by Ashley's, even though I've been told she bought from others. Where do you go next? I go back home and... How much time did that take you in your opinion? The trip itself actually took a minute because... The truck actually started overheating on the way back, so so we stopped to let it cool down. But it probably was max half hour, 45 minutes. Okay. okay, so if the car didn't have to pull over because of the truck, how long do you think that would normally take you? To go from your place to Ashley's place to Grandma's to Ashley's back to your place? Uh, probably 20 minutes. Yeah, I could leave my house and get to her Grandma's and probably five minutes it's just right outside of town yeah and are you still trying to message her as you're out and about moving around uh i don't know if i was trying to as we were out i mean i assume i probably would have been but i can't be for certain you get back home Uh, i went inside eric left and then uh sturgis police showed up at my door so after Eric leaves, how soon is it that Sturgis police are at your door? It probably wasn't no more than 10, 15 minutes. They come up to the doorstep. You get a knock. What's going through your mind? What What do they tell you? What's happening? Uh, first, he's like, um, told me that an officer was trying to call my phone. And I was like, well, shit, where's my phone? I then found out that I had left it in Eric's truck. He brought back the phone. But then the, uh, he proceeded to say, ask me who had my car. I was like, what do you mean? A friend has my car, why? And I didn't really want to tell him that it was Brittany because I didn't want her to get in trouble because he said that he had uh, my car was found on the side of the road. What else is shared? Um, just, I mean, it was just pretty much him just trying to get me to tell him who had the car, mostly. Do they continue to press your question? You asking any more questions about it? Yeah, he, he haunted me for a minute and eventually got out of me that Brittany had my car. So you did eventually did share with him that Brittany had it? Yeah, he was, he was pressing pretty hard. I mean, you know how cops are with their <laughs> ways to get stuff out of you, man. It, it, 
got down to it's my girlfriend and then he's like, Well, your girlfriend is that and got me to say her name. Maiden name that way, hopefully <laughs> they wouldn't know who she was. I find that interesting. We hear that Brittany has basically abandoned Sheldon's car on the side of the road. Even though Sheldon knows this, he also knows that Brittany has a warrant out, and so he makes an attempt to try and protect her by using her maiden name. I asked Sheldon if he questioned the officer about the condition of his car, because that could mean something if he didn't. Yeah, I asked him, like, I was asking him, is it fucked up? He said, no, it's not really that much damage, and I was like, well, can I get my shit back? I think at this point in time, I was actually on the phone with the state cop that was with the car. The Sturgis PD was just pretty much playing errand boy for the state police officer that was with my vehicle. I was really at that point in time, I was on the phone with the uh, state police asking him, like, what the fuck's going on with my car? Am I going to get it back? Like, are you guys towing it or what the fuck's up? And yeah. When Eric eventually does return to your house with your phone, he had mentioned, now that I kind of understand what happened, he had mentioned when he was like, yeah, when I showed up, they were like leaving as soon as I arrived. And so I always found that strange that they called the cell phone. He answers, talks to them, explains that, oh, he left the cell phone in the truck. I returned to his house five to ten minutes, and the cops are already there, and they're leaving by the time I'm getting there. And I, I always thought it was strange that they knew where you live even when you didn't have your phone on you or talk to you. That some about he found a bill of mine in the car. Oh, so that's how you knew your address? Yeah. Huh. That answers the question about how law enforcement knew where to find Sheldon. That's decent detective work, in my opinion. To find a piece of mail in the car with the address, since when Brittany spoke to dispatch, she says, my boyfriend wrecked the car. Sending local PD to Sheldon's when he's not expecting it, it helps his case. I asked Sheldon if he inquired as to what steps he needed to take to get his vehicle back. He said that I couldn't get my car until he talked to Brittany. He said that he had to resolve his case of fleeing the scene of a wreck before I could get my vehicle back. And I was like, what the fuck, dude? Come on. It's like, I've been trying to get all over, like, you serious are going to tell my shit? And he's like, yup. What time do you think it is at this point when they stop by? and About nine-ish, a little after nine, maybe. What are your next moves? What do you remember? Uh, I remember being pissed off as fuck and grabbing all Brittany's shit and putting it by the front door so that way when she did pop up, she could grab her shit and get the fuck out. I can understand the frustration. You grab all her stuff, put it by the front. What what else do you do? That's pretty much it, man. I probably fucking capped off the case, and then I remember passing out on the couch. Are you now messaging her? Are you trying to call her? Are you trying to contact her through people? Are you trying to do anything to make contact? Uh, yeah, I tried to try to get old Ashley. They tried to get old Eric. Neither one of them was fucking with me, but that was it. Okay. So- and I was blowing her shit up, too, but... It was going straight to voicemail and wasn't getting nowhere with that. You never met Ashley up until that point, though, correct? No, I never really knew her. I just had her on Facebook. So you hit up Ashley and you said, I think you said, hey, you said something like, hey, you with Brit? Probably. You said, I'm looking for her. She said, and Ashley's response was, oh, I thought she was staying with you. 
Now, I don't think I messaged her back after that. So that night you reached out to Eric, you reached out to Ashley. Do you know if you reached out to anybody else? Uh, no, I don't think so. And why Eric? I can't really talk. Well, because I knew she was going back and forth with him. And I knew that, she was, that he was her little needle buddy. Had you ever had any problems with Eric in the past? No. So when you messaged Eric, do you remember what you asked him? I had asked him where she was. He said, why, what's up? And I remember explaining to him about what happened with the car and that they won't let me get my shit back until I can get a hold of her. Do you remember his response? He just said some shit like, oh shit, that's fucked up. And that was pretty much it. Did that conversation happen the same night, though, on the 30th with Eric? I think the day after. I don't think he actually uh, hit me back that night. But do you think you messaged him that night, though? Uh, I think I did. You don't leave the house the rest of the night, obviously, because you don't have a car. But, like, no, nobody comes and, like, picks you up. You stay home. Yeah, I stay home. I, ended up, I remember Brandon was standing up by the TV, had his phone plugged in by the stereo or into the stereo. If you're asking yourself, who's Brandon? That's Thor. It's his first name. And I passed out drunk right there on the couch. It probably been around like 11.30 midnight if I can. It wasn't too much longer after cop had left and all of his shit was there. It might have been an hour till I sat there. But at the time, when the police officer calls you and he tells you that she's, you know, the car has been found, did she? Did they mention that they said that she was with her boyfriend? Uh, I think they might have mentioned that she was with somebody else. From what's been said multiple times is that she tells the person on the phone, or 911, that her boyfriend <laughs> fled on foot. So you don't know, you don't remember when they told you that? If it was that night or later on, you don't know? I think it would have been that night when they told me. Your response. Yeah, because I think that was a part of the, uh, when the cop was trying to get me to say your name, like, dude, she's with a whole other dude, like, how sure she don't give a fuck about you, like, who the fuck was it? When they told you that, what did you think? Who did you think it was? I really had no idea. You ended up waking up the next day. That following morning was when, uh, I eventually finally called my, can't remember if I called my mom first or if I called my aunt to tell them what happened and with the car. They're, of course, pissed off. But then they're like, well, they just said that they're going to call and see if they can't get it because it isn't my name. So how are they going to withhold it from me when it's technically her vehicle? So she was going to tell them, call them and tell them I want my fucking car back. Was not able to get the vehicle until... I think the following Thursday or Friday when I got paid. But what's going on between you getting your vehicle on the 6th and the 7th and, and trying to contact Britt? I mean, she's gone. She's missing. You obviously haven't heard back from her. And what's going through your mind? I, I thought she was going to pop back in. You know, like I said at the house, I know for the next day or so, just sitting there on the couch, my daughter's grandfather ended up coming and getting her. I just sat there pretty much in the same spot on the couch, just like waiting for to see if she came back. What's your way of transportation to work? I almost feel like we had a week of shutdown. Because at that point in time, the traffic factories were pretty fucked up. We're out quite a bit, out of work quite a bit. So I almost don't even think we worked that following week. 
When I listen to Sheldon's reaction to hearing the news about his car being abandoned, I feel like it's raw emotion coming from him. It's not what you'd expect, but you kind of get it. You see, you need to understand Sheldon's relationship with Brittany to make sense of his reaction. Sheldon didn't want Brittany taking his vehicle in the first place. So when local law enforcement is at Sheldon's doorstep explaining how his car has been abandoned, he's pissed. Like I said to him, I understand where he's coming from. But when does it start to sink in? Maybe something serious is going on. Is there a part of you that's still Sheldon that's thinking, okay, well, maybe something's actually really off. I haven't heard from her. You know, we don't normally break up like this where my car's been left abandoned and she's not answering. I mean, normally she wouldn't really dip off without saying something, but the circumstances made me feel like she didn't want to come and talk to me because she had just wrecked my car and ditched it. So instead of dealing with the consequences, you, you think that she doesn't want to see you because... I fucked up his car and probably going to be in big trouble and he's going to hate me for it. Yeah. Did you still try to contact her at all throughout that week? Yeah. How often? Probably as much as I possibly could. I guess one thing I've always wondered, Sheldon, is when would it kick in for you to be like, hey, man, like I still don't have my car and she still hasn't shown up. Have you thought about reaching out to her family yet to be like, have you guys heard from her? As I mean, do you reach back out to Ashley or to Eric? I mean, do you reach out to these people to figure out why... Well, I remember I talked to, I think I talked to Ashley or Eric a couple of times through the week. On the phone? Uh, yeah. I remember Eric and I was actually, I think, voice chatting okay. uh, on Facebook. So that's in that old profile that you have, right? Yeah. Now, you and Eric, what was the dynamic of your guys' relationship? It was cordial, right? Yeah, it was, we, we had no beef or nothing. She's not filed missing until the 8th, but you yeah. and Eric have some voice memos going back and forth. What are those about? Uh, just about me trying to find out where the fuck she's at so I can get my car. And what's Eric's responses to you? Sorry, bro. That sucks. Type of shit. And then you also have conversations with Ashley. Before Brittany is technically filed as a missing person with St. Joseph Sheriff's Office, do you and Brittany talk? You mean me and Ashley? I'm sorry, yeah. Do you and Ashley? I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I talked to her once or twice. Probably through Messenger. That was the only way I had to uh, get a hold of her. I can't really remember when it was. I think it was after she got pronounced missing. Had you talked to her family at all, though, before she was pronounced missing? I talked to her grandmother. On what day? Uh, I can't be for certain. I think I called. I don't remember if I called or she called. But I remember talking to her grandma. Do you remember how that conversation went? I think I had just called her and said, hey, have you seen Brittany? And she said, no, not since, yada, yada. I was like, all right. And then that was it. What day do you retrieve the car? You think you did it on Thursday or Friday, December 6th or 7th, depending on what day you got paid? Were you present at the lot when it got picked up? Yeah, yeah. Jessica wasn't there, right? No, it was uh, me and my aunt. I had to go up there to pay the dude, and my aunt had to be there so that she could tell them that I'm not that she's taking the car, that she's not giving it back to me. There was no cops or nothing like that. There's uh, only people that was there was me, my aunt, and the guy that runs the tow company. Do you personally drive the car home? Yeah. 
And when you look at the car, do you inspect the damages on the front of the vehicle? What do you see? Uh, there's no damage whatsoever. You look inside the car, what do you see? Just fucking everything that was in the glove box and everywhere else, thrown all over the place. Fucking, there's um, basket of clothes in the back seat. I think it was actually my basket of clothes that was in the back seat. Not the ones that she took to grandma's? No, those were in the trunk. Sheldon mentioned earlier that law enforcement found his home address on mail that was inside the car. But the mess inside the car, that's something I'm trying to figure out. Was the mess caused by law enforcement? Or was there a scuffle between Brittany and whoever was in the car with her? Or maybe it was just jostled around from the accident. You said something that's kind of important. You said the stuff in the in the glove box. Everything that was in like my glove box and shit was just ransacked all the way through the car. I assumed that it was from when the police were searching it. Okay, so the papers weren't like thrown around though, like like someone had just chucked everything, or does it look like that? Yeah, it looked like that. Like they just grabbed the shit, threw it on the seat, and fucking let it go where the fuck it wanted. Do you see if any of Britney's items inside? There is uh, not really anything out of the ordinary until I looked in the uh, my top compartment. I had another compartment up in the dashboard. I found a SIM card, which uh, I think I eventually gave to Jessica. Quite some time after, I found a piercing. A piercing? Yeah, I don't know if she had left it in there prior or what, but it was... Uh, Probably one of her eyebrow piercings. Who has that? Uh, it's gone now. I think I'm, I'm pretty sure I left it in the compartment the whole time after until I eventually wrecked the car and never got it back. If you didn't hear Sheldon, he said he wrecked the car and never got it back. This has definitely been a hot topic. I've heard a number of stories about Sheldon totaling his vehicle. Most of the stories claim that it happened right after Brittany went missing and that Sheldon conveniently hit a herd of deer. The accident happened around April 2nd, 2019. You're looking inside. It's a mess. Does, are any of Brittany's personal items like her cell phone, her wallet, her ID, and her debit cards, or any of that stuff in there? No. You personally looked through the car yourself? Yeah, as it went through it would have been me that would have looked in the car. When do you contact Jessica to come, and how do you contact her to come look at the vehicle or to to get her stuff, and you know what I mean? Uh, I think that Jessica had actually gotten a hold of me. When it came down to Brittany, I wouldn't have gotten a hold of Jessica because I knew they weren't on good terms. Jessica would have gotten a hold of me. She would have if I had any of Brittany's stuff, and I said, yeah, I can get it. I think that was when she came about her stuff. I've been told about some notebooks and papers that had personal information of Britney's on them. Like, yeah. Like passwords. Uh, uh, Eric and Ashley had actually came and gotten that from me. Did uh, Jessica get any of it, though? I think Jessica had gotten... Wait, no. I gave it to Jessica. I sent pictures of it to Eric or Ashley. I've given the physical notebooks to Jessica. Ashley and Eric 
how did they find out about the notebooks and why did they want them? Well, they had told me that it was uh, so that they could get a hold of Brittany. I, I'm pretty sure that it was even prior to the Mr. Purse. Me what? You there? Yes, our call came through. Oh, my bad. Uh, like, how does that ever get brought up? Who finds out? Like, how does Eric and Ashley find out about the passwords and, and the notebooks? Uh, um, this is what makes me think that it was prior to the Mr. Person's report because I was trying to get a hold of Brittany and I told them, well, if you can get in her shit, figure out where she's at, figure out who she's talking to, where the fuck she'd be. I got a bunch of fucking random Gmails and passwords and shit. And then I sent it to them and they proceeded to tell me they were going to use it to try to figure out where she was at to get my shit. So, but like, why, why go to them with the passwords? You know what I'm trying to get at? Like, why choose them? Uh, they, at first I wasn't going to give it to them, but they were like, well, we can figure out this shit. And I'm not good with the whole Facebook thing and shit like that. I mean, I can't get into, I break my phone. I can't get into my old account. <laughs> so, um, it was pretty much just because they knew more about how to try to do shit like that. So, I want to show you something. Let me, uh, one second. That's on December 1st of... 3.47. AM? PM. You can probably guess what I'm about to share with Sheldon. The voice memo from Ashley. Even though I don't have the same opportunity as I did with Ashley to see the physical response and behavior to this strange voice memo... I still think this could be an important moment. So there was an audio voice memo between you and Ashley. Right. And this is what Ashley says to you in an audio message. Okay. Let me know if you can hear it. Hey, how about I go over there? I was just telling Eric, if I go over there and the cops aren't there, I can ask for it. If the cops are there, Pocket's already got me upset, so I can cry at the drop of a hat, and I'll just play the, oh my god, where's my friend card, only if they're there. So she sends that message to you, Sheldon, on the, I believe it's the 8th. Um, What's that about? Uh, I have no idea, to be honest. Here, let me, I'll play it one more time just to see if it helps by hearing it one more time. Hey. I replayed the voice memo for Sheldon. I mean, I'll be honest, part of me wonders if I'm allowing Sheldon time to think of an excuse by doing this. But I know this is important for him to hear. And maybe by playing it a second time, it will jog his memory. So that's what I'm trying to figure out what that's about. I really don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. This is probably the only thing, Sheldon, that I ever, I've ever come across with you with this case that I thought, like, well, that, that I'm still trying to understand that. I'm trying to understand why would Ashley need to fake cry in front of the cops in order to get something from you? It doesn't make any sense. There's no messaging between the two of you guys on Messenger. 
just trying to understand what she's talking about and why why she needs the passwords. Right. I mean, the, what confuses me is I don't really know why she where she would be saying anything about cops being anywhere because the only time that the cops were ever even at my house was the night of the incident and any other time I had went to the sheriff's department to do any other type of interview. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it was to deal with, uh, I told her that about how uh, I was giving her my phone, maybe. But other than that, because the cops followed me to my house to grab my phone. Other than that, that's the only time the cops have ever been at my house where she would be talking about even I have no idea cops followed you to your home to get your phone yeah once I mean uh, I don't remember which interview it was either the first or second I think it might have been the first time I interviewed with them why didn't you take your phone with you to the station because it was broke I was using a different phone how did it break uh, I was on the phone with my daughter's mother. I got in a new anger argument, tossed my phone in the grass, and it bounced off and hit a brick wall. Police retrieve that phone. Yeah, police have that phone. Why is Ashley and and why does Eric? Why why do they need the passwords if the law enforcement? If there's a missing person case that's now been filed, this is now considered what you could call evidence or delicate information with her passwords and everything on it. Why not give it to the police versus giving it to Ashley or Jessica? Uh, well, they're all these freaking crackheads out here been steady trying to play little detectives. Like that's why I mean, if I didn't mess with their freaking search groups or anything because all it really was is a bunch of eight old people just trying to fabricate their own stories and that's why you know so i mean along them lines that's probably the only reason why they would even be wanting any of that is so that they could from my assumption so that they could try to play their own little detective shit is i mean jessica was quick to come get to come to me and get anything she could sure you know so she could do her little investigation we're still going back to this this voice memo with Ashley and her sending this and her needing the passwords. Uh, let me let me play a little bit more of the interview that you can hear. Are you hearing it okay though? Yeah. Okay. And he gave the password books to Jessica. Did you hear that? Uh, yeah, I did. Because I asked her, I was like, what's that about? She's like, I can't remember. I remember him telling me that the cops were there, they took the books, and that also Jessica was there too with him. Um, I don't remember Jessica ever being in my house simultaneously with police. Okay, so I'll, I'll play that part again. This doesn't make sense either because he said the cops were there and Jessica was there at the same time. And he gave the password books to Jessica. Can you play that again? So I ask her, why not actually let the cops take the, the passwords, okay? Are you there? Yeah, I'm here, so I put you on mute so I could take this. 
And sometimes the awkward silence isn't what you think it is. I asked Ashley, I said, why do you guys need the passwords? She's saying that you were fearful of Eric because he was threatening you, and then you basically eventually blocked him and Ashley. Eric was on some weird shit. He came over one day, all fucking, all chewed out. He's just talking about some weird shit. So I stopped dealing with him, and then I eventually stopped dealing with Ashley, and I realized that all these fucking people were just on some fucking twack shit, so I stopped fucking with pretty much all of them. When Eric came over, when when did, when did that take place? Um, I'm not too sure. And I came over, and I went out to his car. And he just, I remember he came over, and I went out before he could even get up on the porch. I just went out there, and he was standing at his car, and we were just talking. And he was on some weird, chewy shit. What was the purpose of him coming over? Uh, I don't remember. He came over and was either just talking about something or asking about something. He never threatened you? Not that I really remember, no. I remember he said some fucking stupid shit about whoever's missing a knife is the one that fucking did it. How would you know that? I don't know. It was just some weird shit that he said to me, and I was, I was like, dude, this dude's fucking shoot out. Like, he was super fucked up. Like, I've fucking seen Eric fucked up, but I never seen him that chewed up. I almost feel like it wasn't very long after missing person's ordeal. Okay, so after the 8th? Yeah. Did Ashley ever come by your house that night? No, I don't think I've ever actually had any type of face-to-face encounter with Ashley. She says you won't talk to her anymore. No, I won't talk to anybody. But specifically, why Ashley? Because Ashley's on the same shit that everybody else is, just fucking chewy and fucking ate up and dumb shit. Everybody's on some weird shit. So Ashley said you sent five pictures to Eric, and you sent Ashley one of them. And I was like, why? And she said, I don't know, we didn't understand that either. I mean, I knew that those two were together when I was sending the pictures to Eric, so didn't see really the necessity in sending both of them copies when they're together anyways. That or I was already fucking, I could probably send them to Eric while I was talking to Eric and then I was talking to Ashley and then I just sent her that one off. Probably would have been on the terms of others, this one too. But I knew that at that time those two were together while they were asking for pictures, sorry, the pictures of the passwords. How do you know that they were together? I'm pretty sure they told me. Do you find that weird? Yeah, I do. Quite frankly, that's what eventually made me not want to talk to them because a lot of people that were investigating stuff or their little self-protective shit, I felt like a lot of them were trying to fucking head me up or put dirt on my name or fucking try to get me fucking hemmed up for this shit. So that's why I really didn't want to fuck with any of them. As you heard Sheldon explain, he sent Eric and Ashley both pages from Brittany's notebooks. Knowing that the two were together, he didn't bother to send them both the same thing. Sheldon seems like he's being efficient. Ashley sounds like she believes he's being sinister. So after hearing from the both of them, what do you think? Is Sheldon being manipulative or 
is Ashley misunderstanding the situation. When we think about how bizarre Brittany's case is, the thing that sticks out to me the most, how is no one at the farm able to ID this man? I asked Sheldon if he had any relationship with Vicky, Brittany's grandmother, or anyone else who lives in the house. Her grandma especially knew me. Like I sat there and had conversations with Vicky before. Talked to her on multiple occasions. She knew who I was. Scott, he's friends with my dad. Even went over and I talked to Scott a couple times when I was with my dad once or twice going over to Vicky's. So so you've approached the family, like, you've talked to them since then to, like, what, like, clear the air or just, like... No, I haven't talked to any of them. From the encounters that you've had with them in the past, you feel like I was there that day, that day they would have recognized me and seen me, and then everybody would know that I wasn't the boyfriend that yeah. they were referring to. Okay. So you did eventually end up blocking Eric and Ashley? Not really too sure if I did block them but I know I did definitely stop talking to them and ignored them. I mean, why do you think someone would want to hurt her? I don't think that it would have been somebody trying to hurt her. I would think that it would have been like a hot shot. She got hit with a hot shot, and that's the way shit that went down. I mean, I know while Brittany was at my house, she, she would act paranoid, but I mean, me, I just passed off and was like, bitch is high. I'm trying to figure out who the guy is. To be honest, I think that who Vicky had pointed out in the lineup, Jeff, Jeffrey, I wouldn't put it past that he was there. Wait a minute. Sheldon may be giving us a big piece of the puzzle here. He says Grandma identifies a guy by the name of Jeffrey as the guy who was at her house with Brittany on November 30th. That's how he came into play. Eric had gone out to Grandma's to talk to her, and he came back to the house and said, the description on the bulletin is wrong. The description Grandma gave me is nothing like Sheldon. I said, well, what is it? So he's telling me the description, and I'm closing my eyes imagining it, and I said, oh my God, I think I fucking know who it is. And so I pulled a picture of Jeffrey. And if things weren't already complicated enough, Sheldon goes on to tell me he begins dating Jeffrey's sister not long after Brittany goes missing. Probably a few weeks to a month after the fact, I was hanging out with Jeffrey's older sister. Jeffrey, I would give him a ride. There was one time when I did give Jeffrey a ride to pick up his girlfriend, who was Jasmine. Um, I picked her up, and she had said something. She was giving some story about she needed, uh, she was out at uh, Fawn River Trailer Park taking fucking ramshack in the abandoned trailers that were out there. She said that she needed me and Jeffrey to go get her purse. I was weirded out by it. I was like, what the fuck are we though? Let's just do this so I can go get drunk. We get there. Jeffrey was acting all weird, not wanting to get out of the car to go get her fucking purse. Jeffrey's sister ended up hopping out of the car to look for it. We were leaving. Jeffrey said some comment about phones and GPS, like, even when you shit off, they can tell where you're at. Later on, I had actually heard a story that Jasmine's brother, who was another plug, which is uh, which was Jeffrey's plug, that he had actually had something to do with it. I've actually even heard that he had admitted to it. 
So what's Jeffrey's last name? Jazz's yeah, brother. Uh, What's his name? BJ. So you've heard that it was Jasmine's brother, and you've also heard that he's also admitted to it? Yeah. Where's Jasmine's brother at? Is he still in town? I have no idea. So you think maybe right. is it possible that Britt hit up BJ? She could have. Have you ever seen BJ? Yeah. How tall is he? Probably around the same height. I'm 5'6". Yeah, he's probably around my same height. Have you ever talked to BJ about this? No. Okay. This could be another piece of the puzzle. In case you missed it, he says he heard through the grapevine that this guy openly admitted to killing Brittany. Sheldon may have decided not to ask him about this, but I sure want to. I'm about to wrap up my interview with Sheldon. Considering Brittany's last words to dispatch mention her boyfriend, I'm really curious how Sheldon's life has been affected over the last three and a half years. Because if he isn't the one who was with her, I can't imagine what it must have been like for him with all the arrows shot in his direction. Who do you feel like's pointing the finger at you the most? I mean, I've gotten death threats random people one dude that says that this was actually just a few months ago he actually got a hold of me and like said some shit about I'll fucking kill you fucking this and that I just got out of prison for killing a man with my bare hands not only did I have to go through this situation with losing Brittany but there are people that, a lot of people that point the finger at me, like, I knocked on the page for a little while. There's just random people fucking saying daddy out of her boyfriend at the time. This and that. And, yeah. Fucked up. Next time on Hide and Seek. Hello, this is a collect call from an incarcerated individual at St. Joseph County Jail. You may start the conversation now. And you go by Cage, you go by Daniel. Before Brittany went missing. She had confided to two individuals, and I'll share who they are that. If anything happens to me, Daniel did it. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Hide and Seek. If you'd like to take a more active role in the Hide and Seek community, come interact with us. Share your thoughts, opinions, and theories in the Hide and Seek podcast discussion group. Find us by searching Hide and Seek Podcast Discussion Group on Facebook.